Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. I hope all is well. Hi, Dan. All, all good here, apart from a bit of uh, a bit of cold. But in terms of football, really, I think it is worth saying that I've just watched Barnsley lose three games in a row. Uh, they've conceded eight, and they've not scored in those games. And they had 23 shots on Saturday, and just two of them hit the target, which is ridiculous. And probably I'm the happiest football member of the team right now, I think. So, uh, so yeah, that's how bad the football inside of things are for us. And last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, have things settled down after Sunday or are you still feeling miffed after that derby defeat? Yeah, I mean, of course, the, to kind of lose a derby like that was was really disappointing. And, you know, everything Craig just said there about Barnsley, you could just pretty much replace that with, with Tottenham, unfortunately. You know, it's obviously the football's been very difficult to watch over the last couple of months. Um, results haven't been great either and kind of just to have lost that North London derby and you know to see Arsenal move eight points clear at the top you know it's almost like our kind of our worst nightmares are coming true at the moment in football so um, yeah not ideal but uh, look I'm more than happy to kind of look ahead to more football and and the Premier League and uh, yeah bring on Man City on Thursday a nice easy trip to the Etihad for Spurs next so that should be good fun absolutely right that's all the intros out of the way let's get down to business and of course before we start Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's have a very quick word on tonight's clash between Crystal Palace and Manchester United. Craig, to keep things very simple, would you be backing six wins in a row for the Red Devils at odds of 4-5? to five? Yeah, I certainly would, Dan. Yeah, um, they've been on a great run, and and we sort of spoke before the United the United City game. The question was how they would cope with the step up in quality of opposition that they were facing. They've they've been playing some of the lesser teams in the league, really, but they answered that in great style. I thought, uh, perhaps not fully in the first half, but certainly in the second. And I thought the key for the second half to me was that not only did they show quality, but they showed a real fighting spirit, and it's something that we've not really seen from them. Maybe sort of for like. I don't know, three or four years now. Um, I'm probably going to say something I never actually thought I'd say on this podcast, which is I thought Fred did an outstanding job of completely nullifying Kevin De Bruyne. And I thought Luke Shaw looked pretty comfortable at centre-back against the best striker in the world. And, and I think that just shows, shows us a sign of where United are at the minute. And, and they are playing very well. They've got players who are, are coming together as a team. They're showing great team spirit. And, and they're getting wins and they're getting rewards for it. And when you look at Crystal Palace, they've just one win in the last five. That came against Bournemouth, who are in a real slump at the minute. Um, I think it's fair to say that Palace are also in a, a bit of a slump as well. Um, I, I just see United winning this and um, edging ever so closer towards us having a conversation about them really being in the title race. Now, Jamie, another simple bet could be Marcus Rashford to score any time. Seven matches in all competitions and at least a goal in each. How does 21 to 10 sound for more of the same in just a few hours? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the look of that one. I think that at the moment, as you said, kind of the run that he's on at the moment, with you know, in the, his last four Premier League games, he scored in each of them. You know, and it, it's just great to see kind of Rashford back hitting that form because I think over the last maybe two years or so, he's obviously kind of struggled. I think maybe having played at such a young age, having Man United been so reliant on him, 
that maybe kind of that pressure and and uh, obviously that kind of caught up with his body a little bit. But this season, I just think he's been fantastic. And, you know, we are starting to see kind of the real Rashford. Um, obviously, before the World Cup, I was impressed by him. I felt like he would go and have a good World Cup for England, which, of course, he went and did. Um, but look, obviously, he's come back now and, and he's really hitting some excellent form. Um, and, and that's really fantastic to see. Um, you know, Manchester United, kind of, they would not be where they are now if they didn't have Marcus Rashford because he's that guy that is just kind of carrying them in attack. And, you know, he's been that good. Um, you know, he's getting some great chances as well. You know, he's not just scoring the goals. He, you know, he is getting those opportunities. You know, he's averaging well over two shots a game. You know, he's averaging over a shot on target per game as well. So it just shows you that, you know, it's not just by luck that he's getting these, you know, that he's scoring these goals. You know, he's, he's getting in those opportunities. Manchester United are creating chances for him. So, yeah, I mean, given the run that he's on, you know, you said there, seven goals in a row. Um, I think you'd, you'd certainly have to back him, especially against the Crystal Palace defence that are really leaking goals at the moment. You know, I was really expecting Spurs to go there and, and, and lose and they come out 4-0 winners. So, um, so I think this is certainly a Palace side who look to be in kind of free fall in the minute. Um, defensively, they're all over the place. I think the key as well for Palace is that their midfield is, is just so weak. And, um, you know, I think that that's what's letting them down defensively. So, um I expect Manchester United to have plenty of opportunities and uh, you'd certainly expect Marcus Rashford to be the heart of that. So um, certainly at those odds, I'd, uh, I'd definitely be backing Marcus Rashford to get on the score sheet. Right, let's pick up the pace and go 24 hours later as Manchester City play host to Tottenham. So Craig, if City fail to win this one, have they blown the title race once and for all? Um, I'm inclined to say, yeah, you would have to think that they, they would, yeah. I think it's not only the gap that's the issue with them, but also mentally as well. And I think we heard Pep Guardiola after the uh, the United game, and he, he sounded like a beaten man. I, I personally think that's him just trying to shift the pressure a little onto Arsenal and away from his players. Um, but But he did sound that way. And I think by saying that, he does sort of put himself a bit in the spotlight and in sort of, forces more questions onto him about the mentality of his team if they don't go and, and lose this game. I, I don't think they will. I do think that they will win this. But I just think from a mental point of view, they they do need to get six points over the, the play Thursday and Sunday. They do need to get six points just to steady the ship more than anything else, not necessarily to close the gap if, if they can't do that. But I just think this is a team that's in a, a bit of a strange place mentally. And like, We've spoke about Arsenal, and I think it was Jamie who mentioned Arsenal's switch of like becoming favourites to win the title and how they would cope with that. And I think Pep Guardiola is trying his best to sort of downplay things and make sure everybody knows that Manchester City are now second favourites to win the title. And and that's all good and well, but then you do lose a bit of your confidence and, and your arrogance about being so good because you're Manchester City and you know you should be winning the title. Um, so I just think they're in a strange position mentally at the minute. Um, obviously, the, the gap between the two teams would, would also uh, be a big thing. But I just think mentally for Manchester City, they need to get six points for the next two games. Just steady the ship and then think about how they're going to close the gap in the future. Well, Jamie, Spurs won at the Etihad last season in dramatic circumstances. And it was a result that turbocharged their top four hopes. So they are 15-2 to two to do the same in midweek. Would you be tempted to back the North London outfit at that price? Um, look, obviously, last week I, I, I did kind of back us to go and get the win against Arsenal. Um, I think that was very much a case of me kind of using my heart over my head 
And look, I've tried to use my head here. Um, and it's, it's just so difficult to kind of see us getting back on track here. I mean, there is the potential that this could be the perfect game because we know that when Spurs are at their best or have been at their best under Antonio Conte, it's when they play sides that they can hit on the break. And, um, you know, we know the way Manchester City play, obviously, do leave themselves very open to that. Um, and, and Spurs, especially against Manchester City, as you mentioned in that 3-2 win, Man City perfectly played into Spurs' hands. So there could be an air of that, I think, as well. Pentancur is due back for this game and he, you know, do not underestimate the importance of, of him in this team. I think he'll, he'll make a big difference. Um, but look, I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that Spurs' record against the top six this season has just been so poor. It's just one point from six matches so far. So I think that, that that's maybe something that's definitely worth considering as well. You also you know, factor in that Spurs now conceded 27 times this season in the league, which is just so poor. It's the third most in the top 10. So it just shows that you know, defensively Spurs have been really shocking this season. And, and you just know that you know, regardless of the form that, that some of Manchester City's players in, the likes of De Bruyne, Foden, Haaland, obviously guys that over the last couple of weeks maybe haven't hit the top form. I think they should really fancy their chances against this Spurs team. So, you know, as much as I think there is the possibility for Spurs to kind of have a bit of joy as well, I think with, with, with the Arsenal game, you know, again, another team that do like to come at us or, or like to, you know, really attack. Um, but they were just so solid defensively. There might be a bit of an air with this Manchester City team that obviously we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Defensively, they've not been so strong. So Spurs maybe could get at them that way. But uh, as I said, ultimately, I think you consider Spurs' poor record this season against the top six. You consider how poor defensively they have been recently or across the whole season. Um, I think you'd have to go for a Manchester City win here, unfortunately. I guess there's also the mental gymnastics of... If Tottenham win, that helps Arsenal in the title race. But obviously Tottenham need to win for their top four hopes. So do you let Arsenal just worry about themselves and Tottenham do the business at the Etihad? Or, in a sort of strange way, do you need City to win to stop Arsenal? Who knows? I don't know. It's a tough one to decide. But Craig, with City's defence being as it is these days, both teams to score odds of four to five looks a good starting point as any. Is this something that you'd be backing before kickoff? Yeah, the, the market can't really split these two. You're right. It's four to five for yes, both teams to score. It's 19 to 20 for no. There's, there's very little in it. And I'm actually going to side with no in this one. Um, I, I don't think Spurs will be too adventurous to begin the game with it. And they will look to sort of hit on the break. But all that does is give City the ball. And, and if there is a criticism of Manchester City recently, it's that they've not done enough when they've got the ball. And they, they've really struggled to like that final big key pass to get the ball into Haaland or whoever to, to score goals. Um, I thought, uh, uh, so go back to the weekend, when Manchester City scored first, Manchester United found another gear and, and really took the game to them. And that's the issue that I've got with Spurs at the minute. I, I don't think they're capable of doing that against a good side. When Arsenal scored against Spurs... The, the game didn't change at all. That Arsenal had got the, the sort of the upper hand. They got the momentum. Spurs didn't really do too much to actually change the flow of the game and to mix things up in any way. And that's what sort of leading me to side on. No, I, I think City will score first. And I just think they'll sort of control the game and, and sort of get it from there. Um, you, you're right what you say. And, and Jamie sort of made a good point. City's defence isn't what it was at the minute. You know, a few bits of injury and, and rotation sort of, I don't think it's really helped that. But uh, but ultimately, I do think that City will win this, and, and I do think they can keep a clean sheet. Um, so it'd be nineteen to twenty on the no for me, and and if you want something slightly bigger than a, a City win to nils eleven to eight, uh, that's the way that I'd go. 
So Craig doesn't fancy both teams to score, which means he wouldn't fancy this bet. And that is Haaland and Kane both scoring on Thursday. That's five to one, Jamie. Is there a bit of value there? Do you fancy it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly an interesting bet. Obviously, two players that are obviously leading the goal-scoring charts at the moment. So it could be a bit of a fun one. But I think if you just kind of consider the form that both players are in at the moment, I would probably lean towards no here. Um, for Haaland, you know, he's he, um, he only on two occasions has he failed to score three times in a row in Europe's top three leagues. And obviously, at the moment, you know, he's on course to do that if he was to fail to score here. And look, at the moment, when Manchester City kind of are struggling to create chances, which they are doing at the moment, you know, Haaland's really kind of struggled. We saw that in that defeat against Brentford. We obviously saw that against Chelsea and Manchester United in their last two matches as well. And... Uh, kind of you you just have to back them at the moment that they're just not in that form really Manchester City to create all those opportunities so I think there's maybe something there a caveat there with Haaland that he might not score here I think as well with with Harry Kane I think it's a bit of a similar case where you know Spurs aren't creating those opportunities for him and you know they're kind of really struggling as a team as a whole um, then I just think as well you can see Kane go missing we saw that in the North London derbies it was all about Harry Kane kind of having to carve out opportunities for the team you know, there was times when he was, you know, playing balls in the Ryan Sessegnon, um, obviously creating chances for, for Hyungmin Son. But the, the others behind him just weren't giving him those chances. And uh, that just seems to be the case for Spurs at the moment. So you consider the form of the two teams. You consider that they're not really creating opportunities for these two. I think going into this one, you know, as much as this will be a fun bet and as much as, you know, both players are unbelievable goal scorers, just given the form that, that both teams are in and uh, obviously both strikers struggling a little bit at the moment to, to have those opportunities, I would probably say no for this one. OK, we're going to go bet building now. And this time it's Liverpool playing host to Chelsea. And we're going to look to construct another winner. We were what one goal away from the Manchester Derby construction last week. Close, but no cigar. So Craig, once again, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, cheers, Dan. I'm going to go with Darwin Nunes to score anytime. He's available at 7-4. to four. Uh, we spoke a little bit about him last week, and, and I did mention that I think the criticism that he's received this season is he, probably slightly unjust. Um, he scored 10 goals in 23 in all competitions. I think that's a good start to life for anyone who's coming to the Premier League. Um, yeah, there's a case to be made that he sort of missed a few chances that he should have scored, but I do think that will come. I think there's another case to be made, and the fact that he's probably Liverpool's only fully ready and, and in form as such threat that they've got at the minute, with Cody Gakpo maybe not quite up to speed, Mo Salah maybe not quite at his best. Um, I'm expecting a really good second half of the season from Nunes. So let's hope he starts it with a goal in this game. So it's Darwin Nunes at 7-4 to four to score any time for me. That's a good start there, Jamie. What have you got on the over-under goals? Yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting one, really, I think, because both teams seem to have kind of the opposite problems. I think for Liverpool, obviously, attacking-wise, they are still strong. But defensively, that's where their issues seem to be. Uh, you know, and then obviously vice versa in terms of for, for Chelsea, they're defen defensively, they have been strong this season. But the goal in terms of the goals department, you know, they have been re really weak. So it's, it's a really difficult one to call here. But um, I think I just look at Chelsea's defence recently. You know, they have been able to kind of um, keep teams at bay. Obviously, we saw them get a clean sheet at the weekend against Crystal Palace. Um, so I'm going to maybe back that Chelsea's defence will be strong here and kind of limit Liverpool. Um, I still think Liverpool are capable of scoring and, and uh, I'm going on to win this one. But I think it's either going to be a low scoring draw or I think Liverpool will just slenderly win this one. So I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here. OK, then I'm going to go for the corners market and that's in total. So Liverpool for and against are averaging 10.2 corners this season. Chelsea in the same metrics are averaging 9.9. .9. 
Add them together, the average is just over 10, which means when I do the maths, under 11 corners seems a safe benchmark for me to use, and I'm going to go with this at odds of 4-6. to six. Okay, let's just recap our three picks now. So Craig has gone for Darwin Nunes to score any time. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 total goals. I've gone for under 11 total corners. That is odds of 14 to 1. So £10 on the betting slip, £150 in your back pocket if it comes good. I hope it comes good for us. I hope it comes good for you. Right, let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig would defeat for either team means an end to their top four hopes. Both already 10 points off the pace. Neither outfit can afford the gap. It's potentially extending to 13. Yeah, obviously this would be a, a big blow for whoever loses this game. Um, I think I would be more confident in saying that it ends Chelsea's top four hopes if they were to lose it rather than Liverpool's. I just think that Liverpool are set up a little better than Chelsea and, and they have got goals in their team and ultimately goals win games. I think they've got a, a few less questions to answer and given the fact that Chelsea are sort of hijacking and trying to get on every single player in the transfer window... It wouldn't surprise me if the end of January was quite disruptive for Chelsea as well. And, and maybe there is a couple of players who are there and getting game time at the minute who suddenly start, start worrying about their place in the team. So I do think that there's sort of less disruption on the horizon as well for Liverpool. Um, so with that in mind, like I say, I would be more confident saying it about Chelsea than Liverpool. But obviously, yeah, it's a, it's a massive blow to whoever loses this game, if there is a loser, obviously. Um, I do give the edge to Liverpool in the game. Not by much, but I just think that they're showing ever so slightly more at the minute. Um, but the betting odds, their odds on Liverpool, the 17 to 20, and, and that just doesn't really appeal to me from a betting point of view. Um, if you're forcing me to pick a winner, it's Liverpool, and I would be sort of quite confident in saying that that would end Chelsea's top four hopes. Um, but but they are odds on, and I do think that that's very very skinny from the bookmakers. At the same time, Jamie, you could even argue that the damage is already done as far as Jurgen Klopp and Graham Potter's men are concerned. Does winning the Champions League now become their main priority for both? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously a lot of ground to make up now in, in that race for the top four for both teams. I think it's 10 points is now the gap between them and Manchester United. And then you look, obviously, trying to catch teams like United and Newcastle. I just think that both teams, it, that's too much of an ask, really. Um, and I, I just, I think the way both are playing at the moment... You know, it's, it's just very difficult to kind of see them really turning it around. And, you know, for Liverpool, there do seem to be, you know, kind of real worrying issues, especially in that midfield. So, again, you know, can they turn it around? I do definitely have my doubts about that. Obviously, the same with, um, you know, Graham Potter at, at Chelsea. We mentioned, it just seems, doesn't seem to be getting his message across at the moment. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be really gelling for him. So, yes, I think the top four for both teams is, is very difficult. But look, I, th I think, uh, you know, winning the Champions League at this stage, I think it's very difficult. I think both teams kind of accept that they're in a real transition period at the moment. I know Chelsea will certainly accept that because obviously all the wholesale changes that are happening at the club and maybe having a few teething issues there. Um, for Liverpool, I think they know that their squad has got real weaknesses in it. So they'll probably accept that they're not quite good enough to win it. I think ultimately we, we know that these top clubs are absolutely always desperate to be in the Champions League and make sure they get that top four. So I don't think other clubs will allow themselves to kind of give up totally on that top four. But uh, just in terms of the Champions League, I don't see them kind of focusing just on that, just simply because I think they accept they're not good enough and uh, they won't want to give up on that top four just yet. OK, then, Craig, if we're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this one panning out at both the interval and the final whistle? Yeah, I do think this is a market where the odds are a little bit more generous. Um, and if you were sort of asking me for this market, this, this is the one where I'll probably place a bet and it'd be a draw at half-time and Liverpool at full-time. I think it's going to really be a very, very cagey start. And 
you've sort of already asked me about the top four implications for the team that loses. And I think both managers will, will maybe urge a little caution in the opening stages, Chelsea especially, uh, just because of how important it is not to lose here and what's at stake if they do lose. Um, I, I do think that eventually sort of Liverpool will nick this. Um, they, they are showing slightly more and they have got more goals in them, I think, um, even though they're still sort of well below par, what we expect from them at the moment. I, it's 4-1 to one for a draw at half-time and Liverpool at full-time. I do think that that's fair enough. I think it'd be low scoring. Maybe get to 45 minutes at 0-0 and then Liverpool find a winner in the second half will be, will be my thinking around that one, Dan. OK then, Jamie, if you're looking at this from a both teams to score point of view, Liverpool's defence seems to be rather averse to keeping Premier League clean sheets at present. So do odds of 8-13 to 13 promise at least a goal each on Saturday? Yeah, well, obviously, this is the weird thing as well, because Chelsea come into this one with a team that are really struggling to score goals at the moment. You know, no team in the top 10 has, has scored fewer goals than Chelsea have. So, um, yeah, I mean, that shows that there is a real issue there. So it's kind of difficult. You look, Chelsea, as I mentioned, you know, strong defensively, but obviously going forward, that's been an issue. You just said there, Dan, obviously, Liverpool's defence has been pretty weak this season. And obviously losing Van Dijk is, is a massive blow for them. So, I think kind of given those variables in terms of both teams scoring, I think you can kind of um, add arguments why other team maybe might fail to score here. So um, I think just given, as I said, those those variables here, um, I, I think it's very possible that one team does keep a clean sheet. I would probably be more leaning towards Liverpool just because I think Chelsea's uh, attack has been so weak this season. And I, I think that Liverpool can ultimately keep them. But obviously, they did keep a clean sheet in the FA Cup against Wolves. Um, so, you know, shown signs that they can do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think ultimately here on both teams to score, I think one team can keep a clean sheet here. I think it will be Liverpool. So uh, I'm going to go no for this one. OK, then now it's time for our long shot ACA. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for the big Premier League clash um, between Arsenal and Manchester United. And I'm going to go for a draw here. Um, obviously, we've seen the, the the Gunners maybe at times this season, and especially at home, you know, when they've had teams that make it, you know, very difficult to break down. They've had a few issues. Um, I think Newcastle was obviously that game where we saw them draw nil-nil. Um, and Manchester United are going to pose a real threat for them. And in terms of obviously a team that very difficult to break down as well. We kind of know the defensive security they've got now with the likes of Casemiro in that midfield, Rafael Varane as well. So I think that's going to limit Arsenal's goals. I think Manchester United can score here as well and maybe cancel out um, Arsenal. So, uh, uh, you know, again, it comes back down to Marcus Rashford. I think he's a guy who's more than capable of scoring here. So I think it's going to be a case of maybe where team, both teams cancel each other out. I like the look of a one-all draw here, maybe. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a, a draw between these two teams at 27 to 10. That's a great shout. And Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go with Nottingham Forest to win to nil at Bournemouth, which is seven to two. Uh, Forest are really sort of finding their feet at the minute. They've won the last two games, and both of those have come with a clean sheet attached to them. Uh, their only recent sort of blip was a three nil loss at Manchester United, which came just after Christmas. But we've already spoken about how good form Manchester United are in. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they went away to a relegation rival on the south coast in Southampton. They came away with three points and a clean sheet, a really, really good away performance. And I'm going to back the same outcome here. Uh, Bournemouth are in absolute free fall. Since the World Cup, they've lost all four Premier League games. They've been dumped out of the FA Cup by championship opposition. They've not scored in the league still in those four games. So I'm with Nottingham Forest to win to nil this weekend, which is 7-2. to two. 
Okay then, I'm off to Italy as Sampdoria play host to Udinese. And although the Genoa-based outfit are odds-on for relegation, I like their odds of victory on Sunday, especially as Udinese have failed to win any of the last 10 Serie A outings. So they're slowly sliding down the table. Sampdoria need a win to kickstart their season and Udinese look the perfect opposition to do exactly that. And that's why I'm backing the home win at odds of 13-5. to And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's look at another big weekend clash as North London takes on Manchester once again. Craig, United handed Arsenal their only league defeat of the season so far. Can they do the same again at the weekend, odds of 11-4? to four? Do you know what, Dan? I think there's plenty worse 11-4 to four shots out there than, uh, than this one. And I'm inclined to actually side with Manchester United here. Uh, they're in great form. You know, we've, we've spoke about them already. They, they took it up to another level to beat Manchester City. We also saw, saw the sort of the real spirit back in this Manchester United team. They got a real desire to win. There was a lot of fight in that squad. Um, they went behind and came back. And, and to me, that's a sign of the team that's together and moving in the right direction. Um, you, you sort of could argue that this is the first time that we've, we've really had maybe not too many issues around Manchester United. They, they seem to be ticking a hell of a lot of boxes at the minute, whereas for past sort of two or three seasons, there's always been something missing. Uh, I think Casemiro's been an, an absolutely fantastic signing and, and really sort of solidified what they've got as a team. Um, this is their chance to really get into the title race as well. And, and I think sort of in terms of Arsenal, when you look at Arsenal, the one thing that I do love about Arsenal is that when things are great, they've got a real spring in their step. They've got a real confidence and sort of slightly bordering on arrogance, but in a good way. And, and they, they do look very, very good. However, what my mind goes back to is the way that they played in the final 20 minutes against Newcastle a couple of games ago when they were at home. They'd been frustrated all game from Newcastle. Things weren't working. They tried plan A. They tried plan B. They were throwing things at Newcastle, but constantly being pushed away. And it's that kind of performance that I see Manchester United putting in here. I think they're going to really frustrate Arsenal. I think the United midfield did an excellent job of stopping Manchester City from really creating in the middle of the park last week. And I think they'll do exactly the same again here against Arsenal. And, and I think ultimately Manchester United are a very, very strong, solid defensive outfit uh, up there with Newcastle. And, and I think they're going to really sort of slow down and, and struggle and, and frustrate Arsenal. Um, I, I think, I think somewhere along the line towards the end of the game, United are going to get a, a winner and they're going to nick it. Um, so, yeah, 11-4 to 4, I think is a, a, a really good price. I would not be surprised at all to see a... A frustrated Arsenal, um, struggling to score, and then United go up the end. Why not mention him again? Marcus Rashford, uh, nick the winner and, and get them the win and, and fire them into the title race. Well, Jamie, Arsenal do possess the joint best home record in the Premier League. You just mentioned it's going to be a draw. I was going to ask you about Arsenal winning at odds of 19-20. to 20. So have you got an alternative or do you want to add an extra reason as to why Arsenal won't get the win? What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I think Craig's right there. If I, if I was to pick a winner, it probably would be Manchester United. I just think that they are playing so well at the moment, and they're just again, it, you know, they are. Craig's right; they are ticking so many boxes. I think as well, um, you know, just just from an Arsenal perspective as well. Tottenham away, that should have been the ultimate test of them, but ultimately, you know, Spurs kind of crumbled in that match. Um, Arsenal were just very clinical there. But here, this is this is the big test now for, for Arsenal. I think they'll know that as well. They're coming up against a Manchester United team who are full of confidence, obviously full of quality as well, and full of experience. And, that, and that's really been the key. You know, obviously a lot of people looked at that Casemiro deal and kind of thinking they're paying a lot of money for a 30-year-old. 
But look, you, they've kind of got exactly what they paid for there. They've got the best holding midfielder in world football at the moment. A guy who's come in, added experience, you know, extra defensive line in, in that midfield. Um, so he's just been magnificent. And um, I think he's going to be key for them um, on, on the weekends. He's going to be a massive player for them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really kind of interesting clash. And uh, as I said, I do think both teams kind of will end up cancelling each other out. But, uh, yeah, I think Manchester United, just given the way that they're playing at the moment, full of confidence, a team that just looks so well organised. Um, yeah, I probably would side towards Manchester United if I was to go for a winner. But as I said, ultimately, I think it will play out as a draw. Now, Craig, looking at Arsenal and their defence, they've kept five clean sheets in the last seven league outings. Could this be a stat that lends itself to under 2.5 goals, odds of 11-10? to 10? Yeah, that's definitely where I would go with this one. I do think it'll be a very low-scoring game. I think it'll be very tight. And, and we may have to wait a while for the first goal of the game. It's sort of, as I've just mentioned, about the way in which I think Manchester United will win this. I, I do think that Arsenal will be frustrated and, and, and they will sort of struggle to get through what is a, a good Manchester United defence. Um, as I've said, I think ultimately United will go on to nick it, but at the same time, a nil-nil draw here wouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, so sort of when you look at this market, if you go with under for the goals, you're covering yourself with a 1-0 win either way, a nil-nil draw or a 1-1 draw as well. And, and I just think that those are the sorts of score lines that I'm getting drawn to um, in this game. I, like I say, I think it'd be tight. I think we'll wait a while for a goal. I think Arsenal will be frustrated. And whether you sort of then go on to think that Manchester United go and find a winner or, or it sort of fizzles out into a draw, I think those are the score lines that really appeal to me, which are all covered with this bet. So, yeah, I think it's a, a very good shout, that. And, Jamie, if you're looking at the anytime scorer market in this game, there are plenty of options to choose from. Which one takes your fancy before kickoff? Yeah, I mean, a guy we've mentioned plenty on this show already, Marcus Rashford. I mean, he's way too tempting to kind of overlook at, at 10 to 3. Um, obviously, we saw him netted a brace against the Gunners in the reverse fixture. Um, I said I do think that uh, Manchester United will cancel out Arsenal. Um, and obviously, that means an Arsenal goal. And so, from an Arsenal perspective, I'm going to go for Martin Odegaard. Um, and he feels like pretty good value now at, at 3 to 1. He's got seven goal contributions in each of his last seven matches. So, um, I, I think he's, he's a guy who's banging form at the moment. Obviously, he scored a really nice goal. Um, against Spurs in the North London derby. So he's a guy who's really in form at the moment. And, uh, I'm going to back him to score here. So, uh, yeah, Marcus Rashford at 10-3 and uh, Martin Odegaard at 3-1. to But my two shouts. Right, those are the issues towards the top of the table. Let's look at the bottom. And the biggest clash of the weekend is undoubtedly West Ham versus Everton. So, Craig, the Hammers have lost six of their last seven. The Toffees, five of their last seven. Looking at that form, can you find a winner at all? Well, there's two teams that should be capable of so much better than what we're seeing at the moment. And and I did sort of struggle and not struggle to make a win because I, I didn't know what to go for. But because I made a case for each three of the outcomes to, to come true. Um, from a betting point of view, though, the only one that to me offers any real value will be to go with a draw. And that's available at 27 to 10. Uh, there's no way that I would bat West Ham at odds on right now just, just because of what they're showing. So regardless of who they're playing and, and without looking too far forward... Uh, we'll talk next week's show about the FA Cup and they're primed for a couple upset at Derby. But anyway, back to today. And um, yeah, I wouldn't back West Ham at odds on. Um, when you look at Everton and their struggles, would I back Everton at sort of just under four to one? I think that's a touch on the small side as well. Um, the one that's, that's sort of appealing to me is the draw. It's almost three to one. Um, I, I also do think that when you look at the makeup of this game, Everton, to me, just are desperate for something to hold on to. 
if, if, if this is a draw with 20, 25 minutes left, to me, sort of Frank Lampard puts 11 men behind the ball and tries his best to hold on to that one point, uh, which, which again sort of points towards a draw. So, yeah, you see, I think you can make a case for all three. Uh, from a betting point of view, though, the only one that appeals to me is the draw. Like I said, just under 3-1, to one, it's 27-10. to 10. OK, Jamie, in terms of the sack race, it's been eerily quiet these past couple of weeks. Should there be a loser in this encounter, can you see the respective manager being shown the exit mm. door soon after? Yeah, look, for, for David Moyes, I think if they were to lose here at home to Everton, I think it would be the final straw for him. Um, I think obviously they had a massive campaign last year, obviously pushing for European qualification, um, obviously getting to the Europa League semi-final as well. So I think for West Ham, it just feels as though it's kind of got to the end of the road for, for David Moyes. And maybe it feels like um, there needs kind of a new, uh, fresh voice in that dressing room. I think from an Everton perspective and obviously Frank Lampard, I think he'll probably be given more time, even if he was to lose this one. Um, I think there maybe needs to be an acceptance at Everton that this squad just kind of is really, really quite poor. And I'm not sure many managers or I can't think of any managers that would come in and do a better job than uh, or certainly do, you know, be able to get something out of this Everton team. You know, and again, Lampard, we kind of saw last season, he did manage to kind of get this team kind of fighting. The problem is he's, he's lost that real key man in Richarlison. So, you know, th there is very little kind of um, a player in this team to kind of pin their hopes on. So that that's the issue. I think from Everton perspective, they know that it's going to be very difficult to bring in another manager and galvanise this team. Lampard has shown that he can get a bit of fight out of them. But yeah, it's going to be very, very tricky to kind of turn it around for Everton. Um, for, so for, for West Ham, I think this is probably more important than David Moyes um, not to lose this one because I think he would go if that, if that was to be the case. So, yeah, the pressure for me is, is on David Moyes here. Now, Craig, another interesting stat is that Everton have conceded at least two goals in five of their last six league outings. Can you see this game having plenty of goals? Where are you going in terms of the over-under? To be honest, I'm, I'm bang on the line with this one. Um, I, I think they'll both score. And, and if you were asking me for a correct score, I'll be telling you that I think this game will finish 1-1. Uh, which is 13 to 2, by the way, if anybody wants something at bigger odds. Um, so I would just slightly go with the under here, but that is very, very slightly. I don't think there's much in it. And I do think if you fancy either team to win this game, I, I do think that both teams will score. So then over would become the outcome, a 2-1 win either way, maybe. Um, it, it's, it's a game that is really bang on the line for me. I think it's absolutely sort of the perfect line for the bookmakers. I, I would just go with un, uh, with under. Um, but if you think there'll be a winner, then that probably pushes you to go with the over, because um, I do think that you know both teams have got a, a chance to score, but both teams are also leaky, and both teams are likely to concede just as much as they are to score. Now, Jamie, if you looked at this game from a result and both teams to score angle, what combination of factors would you be backing before kickoff? Yeah, I mean, look, the one thing I think to consider here is the fact that both teams, they've been absolutely shocking this season in terms of scoring goals. They're the, the joint third lowest, um, in the division uh, with 15 goals scored, which is just so poor. Um, so I think that this will be a very low scoring one. I think um, Everton are probably the team that I don't see scoring just because you look at that team and there is real no one in that team that kind of you pin your hopes on in terms of even just the quality. You know, I think Anthony Gordon is almost maybe that number one guy to get the goals. And to be pinning your hopes on him is it's just ridiculous. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin is a guy who is just totally out of form. I mean, look, you could obviously say the same for West Ham, but I think you'd look at the likes of Jared Bowen, Antonio, Skamaka. I think they're slightly players with, with just a bit more quality. So I think that they will get the win, West Ham, very slenderly, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so I'm going to go for both teams to score no and uh, West Ham win, um, and you combine those two and you get 7-4 to four for that. 
Um, I think just being with it, with it being at home, with Everton just completely out of sorts, um, obviously struggling for goals. I think that that's where that's where West Ham will come on top here. I think they've got slightly more quality, obviously as well. We did see them get that win against Brentford. Um, obviously failed to kind of build on that, but. Um, yeah, I think they will come out on top here only just. And uh, as I said, I'm going to go for West Ham to win and both teams to score. No, at 7-4. to four. Yeah, I like the sound of that one. But before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. And with that in mind, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, go to the big game of this weekend. We were we were long, one late goal away from Nottingham Forest for having back-to-back winners with these. Um, so let's try and get back on track with a big one in a big game. I'm going to win Manchester United to be Arsenal 1-0, which is available at 14-1. to As I've said sort of before, I think Manchester United can really frustrate Arsenal in this one. I think they can keep it tight. And it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal react to that as they did sort of seem really frustrated and struggle when they played Newcastle. Uh, we saw United find another level at the sort of closing stages of the game last weekend to do what they needed and get a win over Manchester City. And I think they can do the same again and, and nick a goal late on in this one. Um, that would really sort of push them into the title race. So, yeah, it's 14-1. to 1. I think it's nice big odds. Manchester United to beat Arsenal 1-0 is my pick. Fantastic. And, Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go for another Napoli win. I'm going to go for a 3-0 win over Salernitana um, at 15-2. to 2. Uh, Napoli, of course, a team that are flying high at the top of Syria at the moment. They're nine points clear. They're coming off the back of an emphatic 5-1 win over Juve on the weekend. Um, and they, you know, they've only just dropped. They've only dropped five points this season from 18 matches, which is quite incredible to see. Kind of their consistency this season. They've been averaging two goals a game on their travels as well. They've kept clean sheets in in almost 40% of their games this season. So I think it'll be another clean sheet here um, against a struggling Salernitana side. Um, and yeah, I think Salernitana as well. Um, you know, conceded 14 times in nine home games as well. So a team that have been kind of shipping goals. So um, yeah, I'm going to go for an emphatic Napoli win here. Um, I'm going to go for a three nil win at 15 to two. Yep, I like the sound of that one. That's a top shout. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines to mop up, so let's go to the South Coast as Bournemouth play host to Nottingham Forest. Forest are certainly in the groove at present. Now, Craig, you've already backed the win. Could you add a bit more logic, please? Yeah, I really like Forest here. Um, I think they're coming together and they're getting points on the board at a crucial time because it's not only an important time to pick up points around this sort of Christmas period when there's a lot of games, but everyone else around them pretty much is struggling right now. It's really tight at the bottom, but you know you sort of miss out on looking at the league table properly for a week or two, and you see where Nottingham Forest are, and they're up to 13th position, which shows how well they're doing in comparison to others. One of those others that's down there and around them is Bournemouth. Since the World Cup, Forest have picked up seven points from four games. Bournemouth have picked up none. They've not even picked up a goal in the Premier League, haven't Bournemouth? Um, like so, so I said earlier on, go back two weeks and, and Forrest went down to the South Coast where they played Southampton, who, who had, at that point had just sort of installed Nathan Jones and were struggling themselves. And Forrest came up with a very, very good away performance. Um, they kept a clean sheet. They took home three points with them. And it, and it was sort of a, a big sign that they're, they're capable of winning. They're, they're not naive about the Premier League anymore. They're capable of winning these tough points away from home on the road. And, and ultimately, I think, the, the relegation battle is that tight that it sort of I was worried about Forest naivety, let's say, at, before the sort of return from the World Cup. And they've shown me that they've now no longer got that. And I do think they're capable of, of going to a place like Bournemouth and picking up a win. Uh, they've kept two clean sheets in the last two games. I, I do really like, I, I fear for Bournemouth. 
and but at the same time do really like Forest to win this one themselves. Now, Jamie, the Cherries, as Craig just mentioned, have lost each of the last four. So could they do with just resetting mm-hmm. and getting a point on the board on Saturday? You know, not going for the win, just getting something. Would you take Gary O'Neill's men in the double chance market or to four to nine? Yeah, I mean, look, that's certainly going to be their attitude, I think. Um, but unfortunately, you can't. The form book is it's just kind of very emphatically against them here. You know, eight defeats in their last nine for Bournemouth, so they're a side that are in real free throw at the moment. Meanwhile, you look at Nottingham Forest; they're a side who have just suffered one defeat in their last six as well. So, you know, a team that do seem to be very much on the up. Um, obviously, you come into this one on the back of two uh, two wins in a row. Um, they're also a side of, of kept clean sheets in, in in those two matches as well. And this is very bad news for Bournemouth because they've failed to score in each of their last four. So a side that are really struggling for goals as well. So, um, yeah, look, Nottingham Forest win to nil was, I think we mentioned in the long shot. I, I do very much like the look of that just because Bournemouth are a side of really struggled to score lately. Obviously, as I said, four games in a row without a goal. Nottingham Forest, they've kept two clean sheets in a row. So um, I think everything very much points to a, a comfortable Nottingham Forest win here. While Leicester are a team that have also lost each of their last four, Craig, it's been a disaster since their World Cup return. Will it continue at the hands of Brighton on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, we've been singing the praises of Brighton here for the past couple of weeks. And I think we all fancied them to win against Liverpool last weekend. Um, and while they were doing that, Leicester were once again struggling. They lost to Nottingham Forest 2-0 away. Uh, Brighton are 11 to 10 here, which to me looks really, really solid value. They're scoring for fun at the moment. They've scored 16 from five games in all competitions, if you include their FA Cup win at Middlesbrough. Uh, that's since the World Cup. And they look as though they've just got too much for, for Leicester and for most teams as well at the minute. You know, they're a very, very good side. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit bigger, then given the, the sort of the goals that Brighton are scoring at the minute, you can get a Brighton win with over 2.5 goals at 21 to 10 in this one. Um, and we may not even need a Leicester goal for that to uh, to come true if, if the last few games for Brighton or anything to go about. But yeah, Brighton very much sort of used the break to get themselves sorted uh, and are trending in the right direction. And as for Leicester, they didn't use the break well at all. It stopped all their momentum and they're now trending in the wrong direction. So it'd be a, a Brighton win for me. Now, Jamie, Brighton are entering the European conversation in terms of a top six finish. Do you think they can withstand both Liverpool and Chelsea coming the end of the season? How does 7-4 to four sound for a finish in the top half dozen? Yeah, well, look, just firstly on Brighton, I mean, look, what a magnificent club they are at the moment. I mean, the fact that they've lost their manager this season, they've lost their recruitment analysis, head of recruitment, they lost their left wing back and they were obviously losing them all to Chelsea. But they just seem to have that structure in place to kind of be able to bring new people in and and for it to continue working, which has just been unbelievable. Obviously, they're still in that conversation for European football and you kind of look at the budget they have compared to other clubs. It's just kind of magnificent. They're in that that uh, that category to kind of maybe get into European football this season. Obviously, again, you look at some of the recruitments they've made, obviously continuing to unearth some real gems. Obviously, Alexis McAllister and Matoma, obviously the two latest guys um, as well. The manager, you know, Deserby obviously coming and done a really good job. He's continuing to um, kind of play the way that, that Graham Potter was. And again, it's just having that model in place that you can kind of lose people and but identify people who can come in and do a similar job. And deserve has been fantastic for them this season. I think ultimately they'll probably fall slightly short here. But, um, you know, if you are wanting to get on this one, I think, you know, their odds are probably going to tumble in the, in the next couple of weeks where they've got Leicester, they've got uh, Bournemouth, Palace and Fulham. So um, I think they could certainly put a good run together here. 
Um, so yeah, I think this is probably the time to kind of get on this one if you do like the look of this one. But I said ultimately, I think they will just fall short because I think the other teams around them or the other top six teams will probably have that consistency. So um, yeah, I'm going to go for no here. But uh, look, they've done an unbelievable job to even be in this conversation. Now, Craig, Southampton have passed the Premier League crisis battle on for at least a week because they've won in each of the last three matches in all competitions. With this confidence, would you be confident in backing them to beat Villa at odds of 19-10? to 10? I think this is going to be a very, very tight, low-scoring game, regardless of who, who you think is going to win this one. I do like what Villa have done recently, and I do like the fact that they are making themselves quite difficult to beat. However, having said that, I am just going to give Southampton the edge in this one. Um, they're 15-8 they're to eight to win at home, which I think is a fair price. Um, I just get the feeling that that win at Everton last weekend could be like a, a huge turning point in the season for this squad. It's, it's a young squad. It's a manager who's, who's still finding his feet in the Premier League in Nathan Jones. He's up in the top flight for the first time. They just needed something to give them some hope and to sort of regalvanize this squad. The cup wins before that have certainly helped. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like going away to a, a relegation rival, a game that got a lot of focus on it, going there, doing the business, getting three points just would have meant so so much to this team. And I just think that that could be used as a bit of a turning point. Um, obviously, the you know the cup wins are great, but the league is their priority, and, and that league will have meant so much more than the two cup wins combined. I think, um, you know, the, a win here could potentially get them out of the relegation zone altogether, depending on results elsewhere. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it'd be very tight, very low scoring, but I am just going to give the edge to Southampton here. With that said, Jamie, Aston Villa have picked up seven points from the last nine on offer. So, would your money be going on Unai Emery's men odds of six to four? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because I, I, I probably would give the edge to Aston Villa here, actually, just because I think, um, you know, Emre, you know, he's come in and done a fantastic job. Obviously, four wins from six. Um, and I think as well, I, you know, they just seem to be such a difficult team to, to beat. Um, we mentioned last week that, um, you know, we felt that FA Cup defeat was, was maybe just a minor blip because, look, ultimately, they've, they've done a really great job under Emery so far. Um, and I think, it, you know, I think Craig's right. It was going to be a very tight one here. Um, Villa, for me, will just about come out on top. But look, again, credit to kind of Southampton and what they've done over the last couple of weeks, obviously getting through in both cup competitions, obviously ending that run of uh, six straight defeats as well. So there seems to be a bit of momentum with them. Um, so I think they're definitely going to give Villa a, a tricky test here. But uh, I think ultimately Villa do come out on top here. Um, but it's only going to be just. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Villa here to win. And Craig, on Sunday, Leeds play host to Brentford. It's two points from 15 for Jesse Marsh's men. Can they return to winning ways at odds of 11-8? to eight? Yeah, it's not been a great run for Leeds at the minute. And they don't just face Brentford. They face an informed Brentford side as well. Ten points from four games since the World Cup break. And they're here on the back of a, a great win against Liverpool. And then probably a more routine victory, but another victory still over Bournemouth. Um, with Leeds, I thought they played well at Villa last week. But playing well doesn't get you points. And when you're in sort of teetering on the edge of the relegation zone, I think every time you would take a poor performance with three points as opposed to the performance that Leeds put in against Villa, um, but ultimately one that's not good enough to pick anything up. Um, Leeds are still all over the place defensively. They, they really sort of worry me. And, and, you know, when you put together the fact of playing well and not getting points and worrying defensive sort of look about them, they're two traits that you don't want in the relegation scrap at all. They're things that, that you really don't want. Um, Leeds are at home, so for that reason, I, I do think that they can maybe get something here, but it's going to be a draw only, not three points. Uh, so it'd be the draw that's my pick. It's five to two. Um, as I've said, I don't think they play terribly against Aston Villa, but ultimately they do sort of 
keep bringing in sort of individual defensive errors at the minute that are costing them in games. And for that reason, I don't think they're quite good enough to go out and actually win this one. So it'd be a draw for me at five to two. So, Jamie, by the same token, Brentford are unbeaten in their last seven. Would odds of eight to 15 for them to get at least a draw look good on any weekend acker? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'd even be leaning towards a Brentford win here. And it's quite a surprise to me to see them at 15 to eight here. Just simply because of the form again, undefeated in seven at the moment. They're on a run of three straight wins, obviously one of them being against Liverpool. Even Tony, of course, a player who's now back in the team. Um, and then obviously you look in the, the opposition in Leeds, it's just two wins in the last 15 for them at the moment. So a team that just cannot buy a win at all. Um, obviously three defeats in the last five as well. Um, they've lost three times at home in, in nine matches this season, Leeds. So... Yeah, I think I'd definitely be leaning towards Brentford here. They're just a side who are banging form at the moment. Leeds, very much a side that are totally out of form. Um, defensively, as, as Craig mentioned, they've been so poor recently. So, uh, yes, I think Ivan Tony should have a should have a good day here. And uh, I can definitely see him getting on the score sheet um, and, uh, and, and firing Brentford to the win. Of course, both Manchester City and Spurs are also in action across the extended weekend. So you get one game each. Craig, what is the best bet you can offer me before Pep Guardiola's men welcome Wolves on Sunday? Yeah, I think if you've followed the picks that I've put up so far and, and sort of worked out what that means, then everything that I've said up to now points towards the title race firmly being on and, and having three teams involved. And, and the final sort of one for those to add to that is a City win here. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. They're long odds on to do so, but what I do think about is I, I don't think that City are just going to run away with things here. Wolves are getting better, but they're also conceding a lot less goals and they're becoming a side that's capable of holding things together. So while I do think City will win, I do think that'll be a low-scoring win. Um, in the last three Wolves games, they've all been under 2.5 goals. Again, you know, we've already spoke for, for months about Wolves not really scoring goals, but they are becoming better defensively. So the, the pick that I've got out is, is still only 11 to 10, but it's a City win and under 3.5 goals. It's a slightly bigger cushion just just because Man City do have the sort of the the players in there that can make them explode attacking sort of regardless of who they're playing. Um, but yeah, it's a City win and under 3.5 goals. It's 11 to 10, not the greatest odds in the world, uh, but I do think City can win. But I also think that Wolves can can keep it relatively low scoring as well. So that's that's the reason for that one. Yes, yeah, certainly some sound logic there. And Jamie, a day later, Fulham play host to Spurs. What is the best bet you can offer up to the listeners? Yeah, it's going to be a really tricky one here. I think for Spurs, it's kind of difficult to know where they're at. Um, obviously, things don't look so great at the moment. It does look like it quite easily could be the end of the road for Antonio Conte. The only thing I've, I've kind of said about Spurs this season and, and maybe why they have struggled at times is because injuries have, have been really key for them. They've always seemed to be kind of missing a key player. And uh, at the moment, that has been Rodrigo Bentancur. I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of Spurs fans would probably agree that he's been our, um, you know, our best player this season, arguably also our most influential player as well. So to have him back, I think it's going to be really key. Um, and, that, and that might kind of really help Spurs here. And a lot of players have returned from injury as well. Richarlison's another guy who's back. And uh, I think he's been really important for Spurs, you know, especially with Hyungman Sun out of form at the moment, you know, for Richarlison coming to the team. So I think there maybe could be a case that Spurs could maybe get back on track over the next couple of games. Some very difficult games, though. You know, obviously Manchester City is going to be a really tough test for them. And Fulham away is going to be really difficult. We've seen how well Fulham are playing at the moment. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go for, for Spurs to win here um, just because I do fancy them to kind of maybe get back on track with with players coming back from injury, especially, as I said, Ben Tancur. 
Um, still think it's going to be a, a difficult game for them, though. So I'm going to go for a draw at half time and then Spurs to come out as winners at full time. Uh, you can get that at nine to two. Obviously, Spurs again, a side who have been struggling in the first half of matches. So I think that that might be the case here at Craven Cottage, where they do struggle to kind of get the first goal or a team struggles to break the deadlock here. So, as I said, yeah, draw at half time. Tottenham win at full time, hopefully at a nine to two. Okay, it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acker. We try and go for bets over one to two for less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, slightly different angle with my pick. I'm going for a goals pick in this one. It's the Leicester v Brighton game, and it's over two point five goals, which is available at four to five. Uh, Brighton have played four Premier League games since the break and they've scored three, four, four and three, as well as scoring four in the FA Cup. All of that will be good enough for this bet to be a winner alone without even thinking about Leicester. Um, I fancy them to continue that strong scoring run. Leicester aren't in form at the minute and they've just got one Premier League goal since the break. However, Brighton's defensive record, which is five goals conceded in those five games, does give me a little bit of hope that Bre uh, Leicester could also get on the score sheet with this one. And that just adds even more appeal to this bet. It's over 2.5 goals in Leicester v Brighton for me at 4-5. to five. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I mean, a game that I'm really looking forward to on the weekend between West Ham and Everton. I think, obviously, a, a really, really crucial game for both teams. I mentioned earlier, I do think West Ham will come out on top here. So, of course, that's what I've gone for at three to four. Um, it's really interesting to kind of look at the two form of these two teams across the whole season. You know, scored the same amount of goals on 15. As I said, that makes them the joint third lowest scorers in the division. Oh, well, West Ham have conceded 25. Everton have conceded 26. So, very similar in that department as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight one, but uh, I'm ultimately I'm going to tip West Ham here to just about come out on top. I said both teams, I think, are going to struggle to score here, despite maybe having some slight issues in defence. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a, for a low scoring one here, um, and I'm going to go for West Ham to just about edge this one and uh, win it 3-4. to four. I like the sound of that. I'm off to the Championship as Sheffield United play host to Hull. The Blades already have one foot in next season's Premier League and will look to take another step towards it on Friday. The Bramwell Lane outfit have gone unbeaten in their last seven and have picked up 19 points from the last 21 on offer. While although Holt have managed to go unbeaten in their last seven away championship outings, I can only see their impressive run coming to an end at the weekend, which is why I'm backing the home win at odds of four to six. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Go get yourself a Lemsip. Yeah, cheers, mate. Hopefully, uh, we'll be all fighting fit and ready to go. And, and hopefully, on, on the back of some points for e either Barnsley, Tottenham or both by the time we get to next weekend. The rate we're going, I think we need a Lemsip sponsorship. There's something in that. And, <laughs> and Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And yeah, looking forward to, to kind of another big weekend of action. I think there's some great games in the Premier League, both ends of the table. Obviously, that Manchester United versus Arsenal game is going to be really exciting. Two teams that are really bang on form at the moment. As I said, West Ham, Everton, I think that's another game to, to certainly keep an eye on. Both teams that are in the same, same sort of form, but really struggling at the moment. So, uh, yeah, really fascinated to see a lot of these clashes over the weekend. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.